this is Shannon from SIS4Teachers.org. Thanks so much for joining us today for our blog on slow to go fast multiplication progression. It's about that time of year. If you're a third grade teacher, you've probably been reviewing addition and subtraction and the concepts from second grade, such as place value. And now it's time to help your kids understand their multiplication facts and patterns. If you're a fourth or fifth grade teacher, it might also be that time of year for you, too, as you review what students learned in third grade and determine where their weaknesses might be in understanding multiplication. I can remember when teaching multiplication, you usually start off with a little bit about arrays, then you kind of moved in, I felt like, to groups looking at like columns versus rows, and then all of a sudden, it seemed like, okay, it's time to do those time tests because, you know, they should magically get those facts. As the title of the blog indicates, that's not the pattern that we want to continue as we teach multiplication to our students today. We want to go slow to be able to go fast. We want kids to really be able to develop the depth of understanding around multiplication, but in a way that's developmentally appropriate. The sequence we'll talk about today is the same one we've really always talked about as we look at multiplication. It's great to follow, I think, when you have students in third grade who are just learning, but you certainly can benefit from this from fourth, fifth, and even sixth grade students who might need to solidify their skills. Of course, I cannot talk about this topic without talking about my favorite book, Time's Up on Time's Tests, from my good friends Kristen Hilty and Eliza Thomas-Sort which we have available in our store as a digital download. These two fabulous ladies created a book that is truly amazing and filled with all kinds of activities, even for addition and subtraction, as well as multiplication and division. But what is the most part, the part that I think that is most incredible, in my opinion, is that it really looks at the foundation of fluency which, spoiler alert, it's not knowing facts quickly or being able to regurgitate answers under pressure. Additionally, Kristen Hilty also has designed one of my favorite products, the Patterns of Multiplication Journal. The sequence she outlines in this journal really helps third graders to understand their facts in a different way. When I taught multiplication in the classroom, we always started with times twos and then times threes, times fours, and then times fives. And honestly, we started to be really proud at how well our class was doing. But then we rounded the corner, times 6, times 7, times 8, times 9, and I'll be honest, things just really started to fall apart. Instead of going in numerical order to learn the multiplication, the Patterns of Multiplication Journal looks at patterns or families that we really find in multiplication to help students understand it more fundamentally. We're going to start with our times 5s and times five, times 10, of course, because they go together. They have a lot of things in common, and you could easily and rhythmically count and hit those numbers based on pattern. The next set of family patterns would be our times 4, times 2, times 8. If the kids learn their times 2, then it makes the times four a lot make more a lot more sense, and then the times eight really just goes along with it. The next family we look at is our times six, times three, and times nine, which will also hit that pattern. The times seven is kind of an oddball, which we usually teach separately. We decompose into times five and times two because students can use that to anchor the facts they know. Sometimes kids have a fear of times seven, but if we were to think about seven decomposed in five and two, it's a lot easier to figure out seven times seven. I know that seven times five is 35 and seven times two is 14. When I add 35 and 14 together, it gives me the answer of 49. In this tutorial video, we're going to walk through the progression to help you get the idea of how patterns of multiplication are really developed. Some teachers like to do this in stations by taking a fact per week. Some teachers prefer to do this as a fact in one day. 
In some classes in our project school, we actually plan a break from our math book and do a good 15 days of using the Patterns of Multiplication journal to create a solid foundation that students can go forward. The journal has five different sections that goes with each of the facts. The first one is patterns and equations. We have the students use an abacus or unifix cubes to talk about the patterns that they see. Teachers use a sequence and every year they tell me, Shannon, I thought my kids would have gotten the idea of these patterns, but every year they're blown away to think about how some of the things that they thought were obvious the students just didn't really see. In combination, studying patterns, students write out equations. They combined the concrete tool, maybe an abacus, with the grid as they color in the, the revealed pattern that they're seeing. And then they can put it into words or equations to practice using the appropriate language. Let's say we're working on our fours. I have no groups of four. What does that mean? It's zero groups of four, which equals zero. So students could write zero times four is zero. But their verbiage, when they say it, should say times, which really means groups of. If students understand the concepts of groups of early on, man, it would help them as they get older, especially as they start to look at multiplication of fractions. As they start concretely, they'll push over four beads, let's say, on an abacus and say, now I have four, a gr one group of four. One times four is four. They can color that in on their number grid, look at the abacus, and then create the equation. Now I'm going to push over another four beads. Now I have two groups of four. Two groups of four is eight, or two times four is eight. Push over another groups of four. Now I have three groups of four. I know the total is 12. Really spend time here. This is not busy work to give to third graders to complete in their seats or at home if they're virtual. Without the purposeful process, students will notice enough patterns to complete the chart. Fill in this one, skip two, and then go on to the next one. But they won't really get the multiplication. Next part is to create an area model. It was a brilliant idea of Kristen Hilty to put the area models in the journals because it really helps the students to understand the commutative property. As one draws, as I draw one group of four, I can go across and ask myself, how many groups do I have? How many is in each group? Four. So I have one group of four, or one times four. When you turn the paper or turn it 90 degrees, you can look at it differently. How many groups do I have now? Now I have one group, or do I have two groups, three groups, four groups? How many is in each group? One. Now that's going to tell me something differently. I now have four times one, or four groups of one. The same things can be done for all of the fact parts as you're creating area models up to ten times that group. If I were to make six groups of four, I could go ahead and color in six groups of four. How many groups do I see? I see six. How many are in each group? Four. Again, turn it 90 degrees, same idea. I see four groups and there's six in each, so now I have four times six. This page is really great reference for students to understand the area models. It will also help them connect things like square numbers and find things like missing parts of an area. The next section is the real world concept. Day four, we call it, and is one of our favorites when students create their own real world problems. We want kids to use the patterns of multiplication that they're learning and to help them to see if they really understand multiplication as they're trying to apply it. This also means that their area for visual representations, while the students are able to make their uh, maybe a visual model or an area for their answer and one for their answer sentence. You can have students work in pairs where one student might write the story problem and the other student might create the visual model to go with it. Or maybe one student creates a visual model and the other student has to write a story problem to go with it. Either of these options are a really good way to engage students' understanding of visual models. This step is easily differentiated into three 
three levels. The first level are very basic problems, multiplying your number by any number times 10. Level 2 usually takes it from maybe 11 groups to 99 groups of that number, and level 3 is their most advanced where kids can come up with maybe 2, 3, or even 4 digit numbers times the number you're working on. Extension is the last day. This is a fun day where students can apply the pattern they're working on. Here are some ideas. Have them create a fact flap card. Check out our video on creating a multiplication and division fact flap card, which is 20 flashcards in one. Or you can do multiplication bump. Make sure you check out our video and our download with corresponding game boards. Another one is multiplication speed. This game helps students practice their speed if you're working on the pattern. We have this in our store as well as a video to see how to play. Number bond cards. You can practice number bond concepts in multiplication and division. This video explains different ways that you can do multiplication and division number bonds. We also have a downloadable or printable version in our store. And if you're an MQ, member you can download it for free. You could also do skip counting. Help your students get comfortable with skip counting forward and backwards by a number they're working with. If they're doing times 4, they could do 4, 8, 12, 16, 20, 24, 28, 32, 36, and then 40. Then ask your students if they can skip count backwards. They might utilize an abacus to show this. They could show 40 beads, push 4, and now they see 36. Push 4, and now they see 32. Push 4, and now they see 28. Push 4, and now they see 24, and so on, as they work their way back to zero. The Times Up on Times test book has a ton of resources where you can really look at how to collect data on fluency once you've gone through the different sequences. After you've completed your times 5 and times 10, are the kids able to understand this pattern? Are they able to understand multiplication and division within those patterns? So if you're a third if you're so if you're in third grade or as I sometimes say, if you're doing up a cleanup on aisle five, have students start by beginning to look at what facts they're still having difficulty in in fourth and fifth grade. Use the patterns of multiplication or any other extension resource that we've talked about, which will really help your students get the patterns of multiplication. Thanks so much for joining us for our blog next week. We'll hope you join us next week for a new topic.